So I'm going to start up here today because some insight number of people you guys put out there before. And what I was told is when I'm down on the floor, those who are shorter can't see me. So either we're going to have to get endless lack of booster teeth. So that we can see out over those of you here. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, we want you to get that this can be your company, Smart Bacon. So they're like, oh, we're going with this. We've got a tall guy, bro. You shouldn't see us. Okay, I come up here. Well, that's okay. We'll start up here. I'm sitting down there. I'm very relaxed down there, but I'm not getting relaxed up here. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, the word God is amazing. And my wife is like, so what are you guys talking about today? I'm like, a lot. A lot of different things about wisdom and these concepts and Ecclesiastes. And well, we got uh, a fair amount to cover today. But I want to start out by getting your mind to think about this. What if God were to come to you, to not the church, not a nation, you as an individual? Nobody else is around. And God asks you this question. What do you want? Anything in the world you want, and I'll give it to you. And you can remember God left the doll. He's all powerful. spoke the world into existence. So he can make it happen. He owns the cattle and the hollow nose for that thought. Anything that you would possibly desire to have what would you ask for? If we were to, of course, we're in church. And we're all like real spiritual right now, but we're thinking, oh, just for the world to no longer have hunger. Or, you know, we're thinking, oh, maybe there'll be world peace. Uh, we might be thinking, you know, um, you know, may abortions stop, you know. May good politicians only be put into office next year. You know, we might have all kinds of things and changes that we would think of, and of course we wouldn't think of ourselves. But the lost world out there, the first thing they would say is, make me rich and powerful. You know, of course, that's two things. Make me rich. You know, give me all the money so therefore I have all the power that I need. If we were real honest, and we think about some of our prayers, isn't that kind of our approach to God sometimes? If I just had this one thing, then be Then the Lord did just this one. Well, that was the question that came to Solomon. Number one. And he just stepping into office. His job is probably the hardest job to do for any leader is to take the place of a successful leader. And then the David and the king of Israel, yeah, it's next. So he knows the father's success. And now God comes to him and says, What do you want? And so Solomon, sure enough, asks, and he didn't say he asked for wisdom. And he did. That's how God actually translates it a little later on in chapter 3 of 1 Kings. And so when he comes to he comes to God and says, God, I don't even know how to bring this place. I am a kid. I'm a kid. All that pressure on me. So, look, give me an ability of understanding and the ability to judge this people well. 
of how you handle this. May we follow you to see why you're so successful. Younger people have abundance. When you look at the offerings that were taken when the temple was dedicated, I came, you came on Christ, not only on the furniture, the gold, the silver, the wood, all those, you, it's, it's, not, it's the animals that were I mean, they had so much because we know the two of the rest. And if they, we finally have gotten that, that wonderful time of liberty and freedom, and we can do whatever we want, and we finally have it. The introduction to the Declaration of Independence contains the following words. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of what? Happiness. That's what we look for. If I only had this, this would be happy. If I only had this power, or this money, or this work, if I only had this in the home, then I would be happy. And we presume that the concept here in old men, when, when, you, when you look at Tom Jefferson and what he wrote there, it's interesting to see some of the articles written to try to critique what was he actually trying to say. It all had to do with a deep word or phrase that had to do with self-government. We're not depending upon them to do it for us. I have to take ownership to govern myself, no matter what is going on in the world. The reason we as Americans are very unique in a Christian nation that we are, the government is sending this way, is because you and I have a responsibility to self serve God and of course to not believe and go along with the world's ideas and philosophies. You have the choice. But where does that wisdom come from? How does that discerning heart come into us? How hard it is to achieve that. Because I'm, I'm sensing you can see it all around us how even Christendom is so full force the ideas that the world has about the world's monies and powers and idealisms. Solomon was the king of those things. He had incredible possessions. He had the riches. He told us that we're going to say next week, there is nothing that I wanted, that I had a pleasure in, that I didn't get by the click of a finger. If somebody was an enemy, kill them. I'm done. No reason, nothing happening in the room. Oh, I want that new Lamborghini. Get me one of every color. You know what I'm And you know, even if I pull up or off the dock, that's all that it is. It's hard for us to understand 
this writer of incredible power that Solomon was given. So here we have a guy that has it all, has seen it all, and this is a conclusion. What is it you're striving for in life? You're going to get this. Well, I finally get that amount of money in my phone and, and I retire and I can golf every day and I can go to Florida and I can go here and visit and I can do whatever I want, then I'll be happy. Well, do you know people I know of and within the first year that they retire to die? That kind of gets us from that. That's what I'm going to do. I mean, yeah. That didn't work out well. Do you ever find yourself feeling like the hamster on the wheel? I'm going to go faster. I'm going to get there. And you're basically going nowhere. Talking to him the other day, he has a friend's father. Um, he said, he's your day, Dad. And he said, this guy was incredible shape, worked out all the time, healthy eating, did everything just right. And of course, he went to the doctor and uh, yeah, you're doing good. And you know what happened right away? Okay, the heart problem. But he did it right. He took out the trolls, did eat the donuts, and you know, just living good. I think about if I do it all just right, then I'm going to be 105. Not so fast. Are you starting to see where I'm going to with this? All these ideas and agendas that I have the wisdom and I know exactly how to make it all happen, and it doesn't always pan out the way you think it's going to. How do we handle that? Solomon goes through many subjects. One today that we'll talk about is looking for knowledge. We're going to be looking in chapter 2 at finally getting all those things that we want, the pleasures, the finances. We're going to look at work. How we in Christians are look at work. And the list goes on of the subjects that Ecclesiastes deals with. So why Ecclesiastes? The man that I just described, Solomon, we will say it this way. Been there, been back. Everything you're trying to get, speak on it. Everything you want it, whether it is financial, whether it is power, no matter what it is that you in this world would be looking for, he had it, and he said the conclusion is absolutely. It's like trying to catch the air in the You can't get it. You say, I got it. I got it. And you're reaching for a win. And you think you got it. And you never will. That's what we see in every day life of America around the world. And as Solomon says, there's nothing new under the sun. The nature of man is still the nature of man. That's what we go over in the first message a few weeks ago on the subject. 
And verse 12 is where we're at. Ecclesiastes 1.12. Would you please stand as we read this and we'll give you a couple of concepts there before you go. Ecclesiastes 1.12 to the end. I have to take this king over Israel and Jerusalem and gave my heart to see the church out by wisdom concerning all things that are done in the heaven before the Lord prevail and God taken the name sons of man to be exercised therewith. If I were like that, I'm done here, you're going to get Talking all the works that are done on earth under the sun, and behold, all is empty or vacant. Zero purpose. Expectation of spirit. The body's desire for wind. That's the two words. It's wind and desire. Wind you can't catch, you can't get, you can't control. And it's like you're trying to get the wind and make nourishment out of it. You're desiring it. That's cooking or bench. Can't be made straight. That which is wanting cannot be numbered. I commune with mine own heart. I turn that open. And then the Lord says, Well, I would counsel a great state, have gotten more wisdom than all they have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart is great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. So two things. That which is smart and that which is dumb. That which is really the best. And that that which is foolishness, that I perceive that this also is vestige of the spirit. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he that increases knowledge, that one thing increases sorrow. Lord, as we look at your word a couple minutes, bless this time, and help me to articulate your word in the fewest best of In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Solomon attempts to rectify all that he has learned. He's thinking, if I learn enough, surely I can change what I see and make it right. Surely I can rectify the situations. If I have enough education, surely I can do away with world war. If I can educate the people enough, they will see the sense of why abortion is wrong, why murder is wrong. Why dope is wrong? Why drugs are wrong? Why dealers are getting away with this? Why are scientists saying, gee, I think we're real smart for us to be able to smoke and sleep or whatever we want? And they're like, well, let's get this straight now. Let's just correct this. It's not going to make things better. It's only going to make things worse. But the world will say, no, we're progressive with our mindset. But this is all going to be for the good in the long run. We gotta get this straight. We gotta get it corrected. It's all fixed. So I'm saying, I was the smartest man in the world. And I couldn't make that into a straight. So I started looking inside my own mind and my own heart. And I started to think, how can I view this world now? One man, he said, it's the conclusion of all of this. It was very wise when he put it together. He said, if a man were to look at Ecclesiastes and see our own life and light this book, he would literally lose all hope in mankind. He would lose all hope in humanity. Done. Be you against me, 
And then we look at this and we say, but if we start a kingdom, then everything wouldn't work. If they didn't have the work to eat. Oh, America, we're just doing so we can just sit here and get fat like they are. Oh, so we guys got it. I was waiting to say, you know, and it's like, oh, wouldn't it help them? And maybe there's power that they realize that if we only enable people, they won't take ownership themselves and won't work and make it what are we going to do here? See, the world's problems, it seems like when we fix the problem, we're going to create another problem. And that's why I say we can't make it through. No matter how much wisdom, no matter the education, now, don't take from this thing, good, I don't have to go to school tomorrow. That is not what I'm saying, people. That's not what I'm saying. You get wisdom, but I want to drive you to the right time of wisdom. All our knowledge serves only to discover our injuries. We are utterly insufficient to remove the problems, the miseries that are all around us. Those of you who have gone to Haiti, as I have numerous times, when you go there, I remember my first reaction when I went there. I've never seen a, a people, a country, in such poverty. They put me in the airport, you see it. Two people there, bottled with babies. And he's reaching out, and they know that your wife is reaching out and saying, please, missionary, missionary, a dollar, just give me a dollar, just give me a dollar. And you, you have 150 in your wallet, but as soon as you pull one dollar out and give it to that one, they say, don't you do it. They tell them, no, you got money. And they can take her. Take your money and run. And you're looking, you just have this one, take the dollar, and just throw it out. But that one dollar that she's asking for is only going to get enough of the day. The day is tomorrow. I remember the smells in this stitch. I remember walking women in a gutter going to the bathroom, wiping with their hands because there's no toilet paper. And this is in the market where they're buying food. Okay? You understand, this is, this is really, really, really poor. And you just walk by and you say, you mean they can't even afford TV? There's nothing. You almost sound like getting a line of bulldozers and just mowing it all over and putting it out to sea and covering it up with the ocean. And it's all over again. And you look at this and you just feel, what can I do to make a difference? And what our minds went from the physical to the spiritual needs we have. Because we see if they were to get wisdom, and in a country, do a God way, it will create in them then an understanding heart of principles to live by. Majors, understanding part of the future, not to be wasteful. Pretty well hard to waste dollars, and I understand that. But there are definitely principles to live by. Like young women, 
just needing a man to go out and they get a man and then get pregnant and then they have a child and a man needs and now the woman is out on the street. That was true. He can't get a job, but not jobs. But they're masters. They got a couple of percent out of the And you look at them and you say, now that I know that, it lost me. See, with knowledge, it becomes grievous. Because you see the misery, you see the burden. Can you imagine what Saul is called? What he knew. And he goes, don't you do God's way. And then they love the idolatries. They love the immoralities. They love the darkness. And then he found himself going that way. You know, the kingdom was divided because of his sin. Intermarrying, it talks about this part how it went away from the Lord. But this is the wisest thing. But he had to go through that garden and that gutter. And now we have the final conclusion of it all. For a man to be able to say, I can have a harem or two or three if I want them. Hundreds of women at the click of my finger. Anything I want, you'll be there. Stop it all. And he found out one thing. That he didn't have it. And with his knowledge, his abilities, he found himself. Isolated, impressed, and the thing if I should have, I'd be happy. As Solomon says during the week, we're never happy. God is world. God of our wisdom is in the wisdom of this world. wanted to know madness and folly. A knowledge of full folly would help him then to discern wisdom, to exercise that key function of practical wisdom, and therefore I would avoid folly, which is what, what he was trying to help us to realize. But I will say that to conclude with a couple of medicine scriptures. There is a knowledge, ladies and gentlemen, that is opposite of the knowledge that we see in this world. It is a knowledge that can only come from God. And that's where the wisdom books, in the poetic books, these wisdom books, begin to give us a contrast. And they're trying to tell you and I, and God is using His Word to say to every man, woman, teenager that is here today, I'm crying after you. If there's anything you're going to get in this world, knowledge. But if there's a world knowledge, it's my knowledge. Look what we Proverbs do. Verse 1. My son, 
if you were receiving my words, I might command you so that you incline thy ears unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding that the two words God uses to follow and for answer. I'm going to give you wisdom and I'm going to give you understanding. Verse 3. If thou criest after knowledge, lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her in silver and certain furs and treasure, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Would you please read that with me out loud? For the Lord giveth wisdom. Not the world. Say one more time. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Faith is out of his mouth of knowledge and understanding. But God just doesn't open your brain up and say, here you go. There's a responsibility in this to you and I. And that is to cry after it and to seek it. There's an old mentor trying to help his younger preacher in understanding the heart of ministry and the heart for God and the heart for knowledge and the heart to preach and the heart to be what he's supposed to be for God. So he said, okay, they were going to teach you and they teach you how to get it. So they get down to the river. And he gets one man down the river and he grabs him by the head and he puts his head under the water and he's there. He brings him up out of the water and he keeps going, back down in the water. And he brings him back up. Back up, he keeps him under the water. And he bites him up. He says, what do you want? He says, to breathe. Down in there. Is there any more than you want than breathing in the air? No, it's what I need. He goes, you do have a heart for God. And a heart for wisdom. But he wanted that air. That's what he said. You've got to cry for it. You've got to want it like you want food when you're hungry, air to breathe when you can't breathe right. You have to hunger for it. And you call on God and say, God, I need this. I can't live without it. I need your wisdom for me. And you're not going to find it in books. That's not where you find it. It's a part of understanding. So, you ever try to do this? You realize your vocab is the greatest and you start reading vocab books? I start reading some vocab books and I'm thinking, wait a minute, how many words am I trying to memorize during the English language? So I Googled it. It's an unending number of words in the English language. You'll never achieve it. You want those coming up with new words. You you'll never master it. The scientific terms, health terms, divorce terms, computer terms, there's something terms. There's all these terms. And they're all something new. And I'm thinking, I need to be a historian. I need to start reading history. Jesus 
so we begin to do it God's way. And everything changes. How you handle your money? How you handle problems? How you handle work? How you handle leadership? How you handle followership? How you handle conflict? Do you realize God's word says, I got that in cupboard? But there's nothing you want to say. It's just going into the word and starting to do that. And mom, and I'm going to do that. You're going to say, oh, that's it. That's the answer. I hope I'm not preaching to myself right now. Because you might just say, please get down and really start to get hungry. And you get that. The life goal is that we would seek God so we hunger for that ribeye. He said, Philip, this is going to be Jesus is going to find the water and I'll turn it to you. You will never thirst again because I have a meal. I have food, gentlemen, have devices. You don't need to go about my meat. It's your will of the Father. That's what I'm hungry for. And then you're satisfied. Yay! That's what's going to satisfy your needs. What are we going to do with it? I don't know how to deal with it this week. Things that I have to change because I see it in me. And so today I preach to me. And you happen to be here. Because I need just as much as you do. Hunger for righteousness, hunger for God, hunger for prayer, hunger for ancient prayer, hunger for wisdom, hunger for women in the children's situation. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. God, give me your will. I want to know you're doing your way. Shed light on the path that I need to take and watch God reveal an open door for a closed door near me. Why I didn't get that way. God, thank you for closing that door. It's because you saw him first. Love God with all of your heart. Just love Him. Let Him guide you and help you and give you the wisdom that you need. But if you're going to do it your way, have fun with that one. You want to be walking with God and watch what He does. Colossians 3 16, James 3 17. Another cross reference you don't have time for. So you can notice what they're like. Lord, you are wisdom. You tell us who are our wisdom. It's not in and of ourselves, it happens. It's something that is a gift. And every perfect, beautiful, pure gift comes down from the bottom of mercies. And there's no variables, there's no changing. Follow wisdom. Solomon is trying to teach us, Lord, because his life experiences how we not fail as we did. As we know the conclusion of the whole matter is to fear God, keep his commands, to guard him, to 
this is not right. God, help us to put you first. The Lord, your own way is if we're saved. We trust you as Savior. So we'll work at partnerships. Either for your glory. But that time I spoke to my friend, I know this has not been a little salvation message, but my friend Jesus Christ loves you so much. And he died on the cross for your sins, and he forgave you. You can't walk in rage now, and you call on him with that evil. And he'll give you the eternal life. He will be his kid for all eternity. So call on him. So he asks you to come into your heart, wash away your sins, and he will. In your own words, he'll leave die for you, he'll rose again for you, and he will make you one of his kids when you call on him. Ask him to do that. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are Christians, we've got some things to do. But it's been a message to us today.